Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name is Tom Short, so glad to have you along with us on this Tuesday morning, November 23rd. We've been looking at uh, scripture related to the Catholic Church and talking about uh, where they may be deviating from what the scripture actually teaches. And this morning I'd like to ask, is it wrong to call the Pope the Holy Father? You know, there's some things in Catholicism that just kind of rub me the wrong way, and that's one of them, to call someone the Holy Father. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 23 and verse 9, he gave us a, just a direct command. He's talking about leadership, and he's talking about the Pharisees and how they exalt themselves, they put themselves in a position of of authority, a position of leadership. And he says, he says, uh, he, he speaks to the people against this. And he says to them, are you ready? Let's just read the context. Jesus said, the scribes and the Pharisees have seated themselves in the chair of Moses. Therefore, all that they tell you, do and observe, but do not do according to their deeds. For they say things and do not do them. They tie up heavy burdens and lay them on men's shoulders, and they, but they themselves are unwilling to move them with so much as a finger. They do all their deeds to be noticed by men. They broaden their phylacteries and lengthen their tassels of their garments. They love the place of honor at banquets and the chief seats in the synagogues and respectful greetings in the marketplaces and being called rabbi by men. But do not be called rabbi, for one is your teacher, and you're all brothers. And do not call anyone on earth your father, for one is your father who is in heaven. And do not be called leaders, for one is your leader, that is Christ. But the greatest among you shall be your servant. And whoever exalts himself shall be humbled, and whoever humbles himself shall be exalted. I think this is a key passage for all leadership. Catholic, Protestant, non-denominational, evangelical, everyone, to have the to to recognize this tendency to want to be exalted, to want power, to want greater um, uh, accolades, respect, reputation, to have people look up to you and honor you instead of looking up to and honoring God. It's such a human tendency, and we see this. I, I just have this belief, and I don't want to just speak about Catholics, but I have this personal belief that the longer any church is in existence, the longer any denomination exists or so on, this tendency will creep in. The tendency to want to be honored amongst men, to have a place of reputation, to be able to be seated at the head of the table, the front, of, you know, up there in the place of honor, to have the world give you its honor, to have the, the, the powers of the world recognize you. And so Jesus says, don't do that. If, if We're all brothers. Don't allow yourself to be caught up into this two-tiered system, the really important people and those who aren't. He speaks of this in James chapter 2. If a wealthy man comes into your midst and a poor man comes into your midst, and you said of the wealthy man, here you sit up in the front. You have the good seat. You poor guy, you sit in the back where... Nobody notices you. Um, that's not right. That's not of the Christian spirit because we're all brothers. We're all brothers, and we're all to be treated as brothers. We're all to be treated with great honor and great respect 
and all people are to be honored and respected. And, as, and the ones that in the kingdom of God have the greatest honor, the ones who have the greatest honor are those who have humbled themselves, not those who have exalted themselves, those who have humbled themselves and who have become the servant of others. In Catholicism, the title, one of the titles of the, the, the primary title of the, the Pope is called the, the Bishop of Rome. And that's a, that would be a fine biblical title to have something of that nature, the bishop or the uh, overseer of, of the church there in Rome. But, of course, it's gone way beyond that. The word pope, literally in the Latin, it means father. Um, but, it, but then to call him the Holy Father somehow just smacks of this is a position in verse 9. Let no one call you on earth. Call, do not call anyone on earth your father, for you have one father in heaven. And, to call, and we even pray, our Father, who art in heaven. And I would just say myself, if you want to talk about me as a leader, anything that would seem like I'm even coming close to usurping a title, a position that belongs only to God, there's only one Holy Father, the Holy Father. And, and, that's, and that's our Father up in heaven. He is his name. They sing of him, holy, holy, holy. He is our Father in heaven, and he is the one Father. And any title that would even come close to that just would make me nervous. But there's other titles for the Pope. He's the Vicar of Christ, or this comes from the living, uh, the Latin vicarious. So Christ is living vicariously through him. Is that a good title? Well, Christ is living through all of us. If you want to say that all, the Christ is living, Christ is expressing himself, Christ is showing himself through you and me and all of us, that's fine. And to imply that it's only through him or through the priesthood, again, this is the difficulty, this is a problem with Catholicism, this two-tiered clergy laity, those who are closer to God, those who are really holy, and the rest of us, the laymen, that's unbiblical, it's wrong, we're all priests, Christ lives in all of us, we're all one in Christ, he's called his holiness, well, that's also a title, not only the Pope, but it's a title of other leaders and of other Eastern Orthodox and so on, and the title of the Dalai Lama and so forth. We don't go for that. He's called the head of the church. Hey, the church does, Jesus is the head of the church. Colossians chapter 2 verse 9 tells us that Jesus is the head of the church. Many places, he's the head. The church is not to be some two-headed monster. There's not more than one head of the church. There's only one and his name is Jesus Christ. All of this comes from this misunderstanding. We spoke about this a few days ago, and that is the rock of the church. Is Peter the rock or is Jesus the rock? In Matthew chapter 16, this important moment, this uh, climax, shall we say, of, of the ministry of Jesus is when, he, when Peter says, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, I say to you, you're Peter, Petros, and upon this rock, Petra, different word, but plain words here, upon this rock, I'll build my church. Was he building on Peter? No. He was building it upon what Jesus said, what Peter had just said, that Jesus is the Christ. And because of that, he was given the keys to the kingdom. What, that, what does that mean? He, he opened up the door. He was present for the first 
uh, Jews to be saved, the first Samaritans to be saved, and the first Gentiles to be saved. Other than that, after that, we don't see Peter needing to be present for the, these first groups of people to receive the Holy Spirit. And so this understanding of the Pope as our Father, as the Holy Father, I just don't think it's right. I would never want to call someone that. I would never want you to call me that. And that doesn't mean my kids can't call me dad or, or my father. It doesn't mean that's a violation because no one's confusing that they're somehow putting me in a position that God belongs in. Keep in mind, Catholics will bring that up and they'll say, well, you call your dad father, don't you? And Peter referred to himself, or excuse me, Paul referred to himself as being like father of Timothy and some of these people who he had mentored. But to me, that's different than when you see the Pope coming in on a, being carried on a carriage in his robes and his hat and sitting on a throne and saying, that is the Holy Father. That's a big, big, big difference. This idea of servant leadership, and I want to encourage it, and what should we call our leaders? I just tell you what I'm comfortable with, and that is that we call them what the Scripture calls them. Their gifting is as a pastor. Their responsibility is to pastor, or the, this is the same word of the word shepherd. They shepherd us. They guide us. They watch over us. They protect us. We don't have any problem conflating that our pastors are somehow to be spirit, uh, extra close to God, that they have a, a standing, a clergy lady, where they're the clergy closer to God than us. No. We just realize they have a gifting and a responsibility and a skill to help guide us, help lead us, help protect us. And for this, we're grateful. But when you ask me, what, what do I like to be called? I like to be called Tom. Some people like to call me Pastor Tom, Reverend Tom, uh, things of this. And th those, I'm just, I, I just prefer being called Tom. I remember the first time I ever heard John Maxwell speak. And he, he, he said, my name's John Maxwell, you can call me John. I love that. My name's Tom Short, you can call me Tom. I've got the website Tom the Preacher, although I was hoping, and I've tried for years, I've tried to get the website Tom.com because or or even I've tried to get the I I the website callmetom.com or just callmetom.com but all of these unfortunately are taken and unavailable and so that's what I prefer because we're all brothers we're all brothers and we're not called to exalt people and give them titles that lift them up we're called to be brothers now is it good to show honor to a Christian leader of course it is but it's good to show honor to every Christian, to treat them as you would Jesus. Whenever Jesus said, in that you've done this to the least of these brethren of mine, you've done it to me. It's easy to treat people who have influence and honor and, and a high position and a title. It's easy to treat them with honor. It's more difficult to treat just the, the brothers, just anyone, the, the lowly, to treat them as you would Christ. But that's, my, that's the spirit of Christ. That's what we're called to do. That's what distinguishes us from the world, is that we treat all of our brothers, even the least of these, as you would Jesus. Let's read in Matthew chapter 20. When Jesus was coming into Jerusalem, and, the, and James and John, their mom, they were arguing, can we sit at your right hand and left? And they were indignant that that. Uh, that People were jockeying for position in the kingdom of God. 
And that's what they were doing. They were jockeying for position in the kingdom of God. And Jesus said in Matthew chapter 20, verse 24, Hearing this, the ten became indignant with the two brothers. But Jesus called them to himself and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great men exercise authority over them. It is not this way among you, but whoever wishes to be great, to become great among you, shall be your servant. And whoever wishes to be first among you shall be your slave, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. We think of this, or we've heard of this these days, as servant leadership. That servants, that leaders are not, the goal of leadership is not to get to the top where you've got people under you and, and you, you wield all this power. But real Christian leadership is to see how many can I get under? How many can I lift up? How many can I build up? How many can I help get closer to God? How many can I help become more and more of what God wants them to be? Of course, if you have that, that does mean you have influence and people will look to you. But, but might Christian leaders, might all of us maintain a humility and realize that greatness in the kingdom of God is to be a servant, not to be the Lord of all. That position of Lord belongs to one person. We never want any confusion about who should be there. His name is Jesus. Father in heaven, we thank you for your your son, the Lord Jesus Christ. We acknowledge that he is the Lord of lords and he is the king of kings. And we acknowledge that only to him will every knee bow and to him alone do we bow. To none other do we bow, only to Jesus Christ. Jesus, we kiss your hand as you, uh, one day, we look forward to the day we'll kiss your hand as you extend it. And we'll show that honor as it says in Psalm 2 that we will, that that this is the honor we'll show to you. We don't show this to people, Lord. We show this only to you. I pray, Father, for us who are in leadership roles. The foot of pride would not come upon us. I pray, Lord, we'd not seek the, to be in that position of, of uh, power and authority. And, Lord, that, we, that any authority that you have given us as pastors or whatever role we have in the church, that any authority would always be used to build up others not to build, not to gain greater power and recognition for ourselves. Give us this humility. Thank you that your ways are not our ways. You give grace to the humble. You pour out your power upon the humble, but you will humble those who exalt themselves. And we pray that we'd not do that. We declare that you are, Father, you are our, you are the Holy Father. You are the one that we just join in. I would think of this moment, how the angels and living creatures are singing, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, the Almighty. And when we, refer, when we speak of the Holy One, Lord, that's you and you alone. That's the title for no other man. We do thank you for giving our sins. And we do thank you for making us holy as you're holy. But all glory to you. All glory to you. You're, you're only making us like yourself, Lord. And you will share your glory with no other. And you'll share your throne with no other. You alone sit on that throne, and to you we give you praise, honor, and glory. We bless you today. We thank you. This is the day you've made. Thank you for this holiday season, this time of year when we are filled with thanksgiving and praise and adoration 
that God the Father, our Father, so loved the world that you gave your only begotten Son. Might this holiday season that we're entering into be a time of peace and, and comfort in Christ and love and good deeds that we are known for and show to others. We pray and bless you. We give you this day for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Hey, thanks for joining with me and being with me today. I hope that you will have a wonderful day in the Lord. I hope you'll be blessed. Might God bless you today. Might he surround you with his favor. Might he strengthen you in your inner man. Might Jesus Christ, our Lord, fill you up by his Holy Spirit. And might this be a day of victory for you. Whatever you're going through, any circumstances, you can be triumphant. So might God fill your heart with praise and victory so that we overcome. I know the devil throws curveballs at us, and our, this world doesn't always give us what we want, that's for sure. And Sometimes our circumstances are trying. I pray that God will give you the grace to rise above and to be triumphant no matter what's going on in your life today. Amen. You have a wonderful day. Walk in the Spirit. Allow Him to give you His strength. And remember, you've got something the world didn't give, and the world can't take it away from you. Let the joy of the Lord fill you today. I'll see you tomorrow. I'll be here, 8.30 a.m. Hope to see you as well. God bless you. Bye-bye.